Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Who enjoyed that? You know, I wanted to play that this morning because uh, that, that, they're our leaders, Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle, who started our movement. And, and I think it's good to uh, recalibrate at times and bring us back to who are we and what are we doing? Uh, you know, as a church, we came here just two, two years ago and started a church. But what's that church about? What's that, why are we here? What are we looking to do? Are we alive this morning? Are you with me? Yeah. We're, we're a little low on numbers, but it's cool. The reason I wanted to uh, share that was it's good to know what you're a part of. It's, a good to, it's good to know what you can be connected to. It's good to know your purpose and the vision that we have. The Bible says without a vision, the people perish. And, and what we're trying to do here is set vision and culture. Uh, and, and in doing so, we actually have to shift vision and culture. Because people have known life a certain way and done life a certain way, but that way may not be right. But we know that God is leading us and guiding us and he has plans for our lives. So therefore, we, we, we align ourselves with a vision. And, and I love that. Prayer. We're a people of prayer. I want to encourage you each and every day of your life, get up and pray. Seek God. Seek wisdom. Seek his mind. Seek his heart and let him lead you and guide you through life. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to, to live a life of worship that's not withdrawn and restrained, but that's extravagant and large. Worship, worship God, his creation. You know, Terry and, and, and Lawrence and myself and um, Crystal were down the, down the National Park yesterday, and a guy just bounds up to us, and he was full of life, and he was, he said, you gotta worship everything. You gotta worship, you gotta worship the waves, you gotta worship the animals, you gotta worship. And, and at, at one point you can go, dude, you're crazy. At the other point I go, you're alive. You are alive and you're passionate and you may be a little misguided, but and I, I wish there was more Christians that would come alive with the fact that God is alive. Our God, the God that we serve, the one true living God is not dead, but is alive. He's with us today. It says that his, his presence will go with us and, and be with us. And, and I love that. So I want to encourage you, be a worshiper, be free, be alive, be passionate, live your life. I was saying to somebody yesterday that there's a saying that most men die when they're 30 and we bury them when they're 80 because they just stop living and they start existing. But God didn't put you on this planet just to exist. He put you on this planet to truly live and enjoy every moment that you have, the good and the bad. You know, the presence of God. Acquaint yourself with the presence of God. That's our culture. We are men and women who seek and love the presence of God. We want his spirit in our life. We want his word in our life. We want to know that he's wrapping his arms around us and he's close. Vision and faith. What, what vision do you have for your life and your future? What is the vision that you have? Do you have a vision for your future? You know, the Bible, you know, the Bible says this is just a statement that we travel in life in the direction of our dominant thoughts. What are your dominant thoughts? What are you thinking about the most? What are you focusing on? What is consuming you in your mind? Because the Bible says we can take every thought captive. You can change those thoughts. You can rewrite that script, and we can go towards the future that God has for us. None of this is in my notes, and I don't even think I'm going to get there today, Terry. Generous, generosity. We're generous. We're men and women that are generous. We have an ability to give and to let sustenance and supply and provision and love and joy and finances flow from our world knowing that God's looking after us and he's, I love what I love what Lawrence was saying just be consistent we, we all know that you know the if you don't sow a seed you can't reap a crop but if you do sow a seed and reap the crop but don't sow more seeds you're not going to reap the second crop 
We've got to be consistent. We've got to be faithful. We've got to keep sowing those seeds so that God can keep bringing back the harvest. Leadership. I love what Pastor Phil said there. Social architects of our community. If we see issues in our community, it's not for us to notice the issue. It's for us to do something about and bring change to that issue. We can be the change. We can be the difference. We are those men and women filled with the Spirit, alive in Christ, that can bring change to our communities. Amen? Discipleship. I, and I love what Pastor Phil said there. We don't want men and women that just come in and have Jesus as their Savior. Save me, Lord, I messed up again. Save me, Jesus, I messed up again. Save. We want Jesus as Lord. My life, I'm dead in Christ. My life is submitted. I'm, it's laid down. God, use me. You saved me, now use me and take me forward in life. Uh, we're relevant. We're relevant to our community. We're not scratching where people aren't itching. We're answering questions that the community is asking. We're, we're, we're making a difference. We're, we're meeting needs and healing hurts. Because we, we declare, and we're, Jesus Christ is Lord. Noosa a city for Christ. We're going to see. But, but unless we do something, unless we earth that in relevant acts of kindness and love and generosity, and unless we do something, our, our faith and our religion is useless. We need to be relational. We need to be in people's worlds loving on them. So that when Melissa says, bring somebody, uh, ladies, bring somebody along. You know, a pastor's worst nightmare is empty seats. And I know a lot of people are away on holidays. Help me out. Help me not have a heart attack every Sunday when I turn around and go, did Jesus, did the rapture happen and I didn't go. <laughs> Help me, like, turn up to church early. Not, not anyway. Uh, servanthood. Where is your place of service in the kingdom? I'm not asking you to serve. God asks you to serve. He asks you to put your hand to the plow. Anyway, freedom. We are free in Christ. We are free. You are not bound by anything. Even if that's the vision, you get, I am free in Christ. That will change your world. If, because of the work of the cross, because of the blood of Christ, because he died in my I am free. That will change your world. That's who we are. That's our culture. That's C3. That's what you're a part of and can be a part of. So this morning I want to talk about the spirit of faith. But before I do that, Jacob, you're an absolute champion. I, you came last week and you're here again today. And honestly, when I look at you, I, I just go, that is a great man. And, and you know, you're, as soon as I look at you, you're a leader, not a follower. And you're a man of strength. And, and God wants to use you. Even though you're quiet in nature, you're strong as a man of God. And I want you to develop and allow God to get in the middle of your word. I want you to encourage you to read his word and just to pray. Because God is going to answer prayers that you pray. And, and he's going to make a difference in other people's lives because of your life. But I just want to encourage you. There's some guys you look at, and what, but I look at you and I see a man of strength who is going to be a blessing in our community. And, and you're, you are a great man. I'm really glad you're here. Amen? Fantastic. Like Melissa said, we've had such a great week with all the Bible college students. I take my hat off to you. You are phenomenal. They basically just shared the love in Noosa all week. We did letterbox drops. They were talking to people in the street and evangelizing. Uh, we went, and I just want to clarify that Melissa said that they went to Tiana's and did a makeover. They didn't do a makeover of Tiana. They did a makeover of the house. They did the gardens. They did the inside, the outside, the windows. So... Tiana's always beautiful. She didn't need the makeover. The house needed a little makeover, so it was, it was fantastic. But these guys were just phenomenal in shining bright the love of Christ. And I just want to encourage us as a church today, let's not let them love Noosa more than we love Noosa, because we live here. Let's, let's let that fire stir on the inside of us. I'm, I, as I said, I'm talking about the spirit of faith. Jude says, stir yourself. 
Every single one of us needs to stir ourselves in our faith because faith leaks. It's one of those things, I, I gotta keep filling up like I keep filling my car up. I gotta keep charging my phone. I gotta keep charging my faith. I gotta keep pressing back into God saying, God, you know, if, if my vision's wrong, show me a right vision. If, if what I'm doing isn't what you want me to do, help me recalibrate, reset so I am walking the path that you have for me. And one of the greatest men <laughs> I've ever met is Terry Giles. 73 years old and full of more life than I think I've seen some 30-year-olds with. And so what I wanted to do, we've all been given the spirit of faith. And we need this faith for life, for the journey we walk, for the things that we're called to, for the challenges we face. Um, and, and, you know, 2 Corinthians 4 says we've been given the spirit of faith. But you've got to do something with the faith that you've been given. Dormant faith achieves nothing. Faith that's just laying there does, will, will do nothing for you. You have to work, manipulate, grow the faith that God has given you. And I just wanted Terry to come and give his testimony for the next five minutes or so because he's a man that's walked through hardships and trials and ups and downs, good and bad, yet's remained strong in God. So Terry, we love you. Thank you very much. Woo! Glory to God. Woo! All these people. Well, my ex, it starts uh, in 1979 now. Probably half of you weren't even born then. So I realised that's 36 years ago. So that, I was 37, so that makes me 73, and I think my maths is right. But how I met the Lord was, I used to always get up early, 5 o'clock. It was a 5 o'clock starter. At that stage, I had three jewellery shops, beautiful wife, four kids, you know, uh, sold a big house in Belrose, moved out to Acreage, horse, goats, the whole bit. My son just reminded me the other day for his, his 10th birthday, I bought him a go-kart, you know, like good surfboards, Mark, you know, Superman one, whatever that was, all that sort of stuff. So I had it all, and I was into everything, like squash, tennis, golf, city to surf runner, couldn't break that 60 minutes, but anyway. But into all that sort of stuff, all the time, but something was missing, couldn't figure out what it was. Used to be walking around. But one day I started to watch at 5 o'clock in the morning a fellow by the name of Kenneth Copeland in America, and he, I like the guy to start with, he's talking about motorbikes, Harley-Davidson, so I don't like them, prefer BMWs. But, but he, he, uh, he's at half Cherokee, and he picked the Bible up, and he just looks around the camera and says, if you believe it, it works, if you don't, it won't. Now, for a Catholic guy to hear that, and I was what they call a daily communion, I went to Mass every day. I was very religious. So, something was thought, hang on, believe it, but if we weren't, I didn't read it, so a girl actually gave me a Bible, and she was a Christadelphian, that's a strange sort of lot. And I said, I don't need that, I'm Catholic. <laughs> now, the other thing was, I was dyslexic, I couldn't read. At 37, I still couldn't read. I was a good storyteller, I could boom away through a lot of stuff to tell you, that's true. <laughs> so, but I was good with maths. So I thought, Peter always seemed to be getting into trouble. So I thought I'd read the book of Peter. And when I got to 1 Peter 2.24, it took me about a month to get to 1 Peter 2.24, slow read, it said, and by his stripes we have been healed. I've gone, hang on, been healed. Us Catholics knew that he died for our sins, so been healed, I thought we were going to add that to that. Now, a little bit after that, uh, it was actually October, Crystal, I like this, October uh, 1982, she was, says, I know dates. And this was a friend of mine's 40th, those days when we were 40, we'd always throw the guy in the pool. So then we all in the pool. So when I came out and someone said, you have got a... Have you been in the sun? You've been, uh, got a blister on your chest. I said, it's October. I haven't even been sunburnt this year. I sunburnt every year. I was a full redhead in those days. So uh, this blister, so I went to the doctor and he said, oh, and my doctor's a Jewish guy, David Rockman. And he said, that's a very bad cancer. 
I want you to get that cut off. I said, is it really cancer? He put his smile at it. I said, God's going to heal me. I've read it in the book. So, so now you've got to picture this. I've, hit, I've, I've read that. I'm going to a Catholic church. The priest thought I was mad. So pray for the sick. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal this man. And I curse you in the name of Jesus. You will dry up at the roots. I thought it's going to dry up like that tree. The first morning I woke up and I thought, it'll be dried up and gone like that tree. It was still there. I went, what? Shattered my faith for a bit. But then after three months, it fell off. The biggest problem there was it was right here. My wife's eyes were that height. So I had to go around with a collar and tie on all the time. But the fact that I bought two acres in Terry Hills, I tried to make myself out look like a cow cocky with the woolen tie. I wore it everywhere, even to bed. Sort of thing. So, so now basically what happened then was I still going to the Catholic Church, listening to Kenneth Copeland. But it took me all the way through till '93, uh, and I found out about C3 Church, Phil Pringle. So I went down to that church, and I thought, ooh, this is different. The first guy I was pre- preaching was uh, Peter Rowe, had tattoos all over his arm. And he pointed his wife down the front. I thought, this is good. So anyway, I brought my wife down. She said, I hate it. I've gone, no. The surfboards, the kids are like, I hate it. So now, she didn't, she didn't want to come. Now, I waited 30 years for her to come to church. Every time I sat in the seat, I always had a seat next to me. People say, can I sit? I said, no, it's my wife's. 30 years. Now, don't cry. She came to the church. The church didn't break. We had the small services. And uh, the little one, uh, chapel service, she liked that. It was smaller, good music, she came in. But at that stage, she had pancreatic cancer. She'd got through two lots of, well, the story was at 40, she had a baby, 50 breast cancer this side, 60 this side. And she said to me, I'm right now, I've only got two breasts. But then pancreatic cancer came. So she got to the, the church in 2013. 2014, uh, she went to the Lord, which so happens to be, the anniversary is next Sunday, 20th. But I've got to tell you, what happened the day on the funeral? So this is where it's good to pray every morning. Keep yourself up. As well as all this stuff going on, I ended up losing shops and houses and all things like that. So basically my book is going to come out, which would be good. The chapters are, first of all, how to live through 12 years of financial disaster and keep laughing. How to lose two family homes, three, three houses, but keep your family. And the chapter that threw me was... The healing of Lorraine Giles, the will of God. I've gone, oh. And so I was talking to Bendy. He said, well, she's in heaven now, so it's healed. So, so that one's come through. But the morning of the funeral, I walked into, walking up the street past 15 Ferguson Street, I walked into a feeling of absolute peace. And I made another step and I said, God, I trust you. So I've gone from faith into trust. And I said, even as Job says, and then I said, I now know what you mean. And Job says, even though you slay me, I shall trust you. So, um, but I've got a couple of shots I just want to show. That was Lorraine 12 months before she passed away. And if you'd like to see what she looks like in heaven. Boom. Thank you very much. Okay. Come on. Let's give Terry a big hand this morning. He lost his wife just on 12 months ago. And he's so on fire and so in love with his God and with people that all he does is goes around loving on people, displaying those core values, getting generous, being servant-hearted, loving on Can I encourage us, while there's breath in our lungs, 
whilst there's health in our bodies, whilst we're, let's go out there and make a difference in our community, with our family, with our friends, at our place of work. And it's so easy to, yes, Christian, yes, that's what we're going to do. Yes, that's who we are, we're C3. And then we leave here and do nothing with. Can I encourage you? I don't need you to say yes to me. Just say yes to Jesus. Whatever you've got for me, I will do. Whatever you ask of me, I'll do it. Even for, stepping out to do this church is a big deal. And, and you, you, you kind of never know the journey we've, we've journeyed, but it was just a, a, a moment of, yes, Jesus. I don't really want to, yes, Jesus. I know it's going to cost us, yes, Jesus. Can I, can I, the greatest life you will ever live is a life spent in the service of Jesus Christ. In the, amen. Can, let's just give God a hand this morning. Great testimony. That story could be your story, or your story might be different to that story. I, I hazard a guess that all of our stories are slightly different. We all need faith for the journey that God has called us to. You know, people in the world need faith. People in the world have got faith. They're just putting their faith in something different than what we're putting our faith in. And so this is no revolutionary big idea. This is, you've got to put your faith somewhere, you may as well put it in Jesus. And, and I love, you know, if we just keep walking in life, we win. If you're facing challenges, struggles, upheaval, the loss of a business, the loss of a house, the loss of a part, something's going on in your world, keep walking. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 23 says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. The vision that you may need to get is that God is with you, walking alongside you, that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The reason there was uh, bones in, in Ezekiel's valley was that people stopped walking. People stopped trying. People stopped putting in the effort to, to, to get to where they ultimately wanted to be. But God just says, just, just don't stop walking. And as we read through the Bible, which I want to encourage you again, read your Bible, we just see so many great men and women that carried the spirit of faith. The reason they did much, the reason they achieved much was because of the spirit of faith on the inside of them. The spirit of faith caused David, a young, ruddy shepherd boy who liked to worship and play a harp, to run at a giant that no other men in the army would face. The, the, the spirit of faith called, caused Paul to rise again and again, and it didn't matter if he was snake-bitten, if he was shipwrecked, if he was tied in prison, he rose. The spirit of faith will cause you to rise in life, despite your circumstance, despite your challenge, to, to rise above what comes against you in life. And the devil's got nothing but lies, but he will lie. And he will come at you. And he will try and destroy your character or destroy your life. He will try. But the Bible says in, in Corinthians, says, thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to, you know, we have to give thanks to him who brought us the victory. And that's like Mikey said, let's just not let uh, communion be a once a week or a once a month event. Let it be every day. Before my feet hit the ground, thank you, Jesus. I remember the work of the cross. I remember that by your stripes I'm healed. I remember that you paid a price that I could never pay so that I could live a life that you've got for me. Amen? And so this morning, really quickly, in the next 12 minutes that I've got, uh, I just want to talk to us about the directions of faith and the steps of faith. See, because you've got to put your faith somewhere. Where are you going to put your faith? Where are you going to put your trust? How are you going to work what God's given you? Uh, and, and one scripture in Isaiah 64, which I really love, it says, God works for those that wait for him, faith, waiting when I don't want to. You know, Lawrence said, taste and see that the Lord is good. I have to wait. I have to prepare myself. I have to position myself. God works for those that wait for the him. 
he meets with those who rejoice. Can I encourage you, just get, the, get joy bubbling on the inside of you. Get like Terry and smile at life. Whether you're in the surf and you're, you're frolicking in the waves, whether you're walking the, the boardwalk, whether you're having a beer with mates, whatever you're doing, just go, you know what? Life's good. If I have everything, if I have nothing, life is good. It's a gift that I have, and I'm going to make the most of it. Amen? And, okay, the first direction of faith is to have faith in God. To have faith in God, to truly trust and believe. I love what Terry said, I'm on the way to my wife's funeral. I'm walking along, I'm, I'm heavy, and this is tough. And I walk past a house that means something to, and the spirit of faith got on me spirit of peace came in I I was filled with peace so in that moment I trust trust in God Mark 11 says have faith in God Mark 11 22 have faith in God believe God believe that what he's promised will come to pass relax in God don't hold him to a standard that you think is the standard you should just trust in God God I know that all hell is being unleashed against me right now but I trust in you because your word says you'll never leave me nor forsake me your word says that I for for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you to give you a future and a hope trust God the second direction is to have faith in others to have faith in the community of believers that you've connected yourself. Don't be cynical. Don't be negative. Don't be down on people. You may have walked through things in the past where people have let you down or hurt you or lied about you or done things to you. Just, we've got to let go of cynicism and doubt and fear and we need to walk in faith that, you know what, these guys are with me. They've got my back. This is, this is good. I, I need it. So many people don't connect themselves to even the house of God because they're worried about what somebody will do to them. I want to shake off cynicism and doubt and go, until you prove otherwise, you're a great person. And I want you in your world. And I want to do stuff with you. And I want to enjoy life with you. We've got to have faith in others. And the third direction is to have faith in yourself. Yes, you're not perfect. Yes, you make mistakes. Yes, you have a past. But leave it there. Turn around and move forward. Move forward in the direction that God's calling you. Jesus believes in you. You should believe in you. Have faith in the fact that, that, that God wants to inhabit your life. He wants to fill you up. He wants to lead you and guide you by his spirit and by his word. We need to have faith in ourselves. Pastor Phil always talks about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, you ask Jesus Christ into your life. You've accepted him into your world. Now accept yourself. And, and so many of us can accept Jesus. That's, he's, a, he's a good man. He's the savior of the, I love Jesus But the Bible says you can only love somebody else to the extent you love yourself. You can only accept somebody else to the level you accept yourself. So right now, why don't you forgive yourself of those mistakes that you've made in the past? Bring them to mind. Christian, I I forgive you. Just play it through in your mind. Just get practical for us. Yes, you've messed up. But that was the nature you were born into, a fallen nature. The Bible says anybody that is in Christ is a new creation. The old has got, that doesn't hold you bound. Your your future doesn't look like the past. It doesn't have to be a reflection of the past. We can draw a line in the sand and say, from this day forward, this is what my future looks like. This is the vision I have for my future. This is who I am. And I can start speaking out and declaring what my future looks like. I'm blessed and I'm prosperous and I'm generous and I'm caring and I'm loving and I have friends. I can speak out the future that I'm going to inhabit because I accept me. I have to have faith in self through Jesus Christ. 
The, the fourth direction of faith is faith in your circumstances. The, the world and universe isn't conspiring against you. What you face, others face. The only difference is you have the Spirit of God with you to carry you through and get you through what you're facing. There are people out there living in darkness and pain and fear that are walking through exactly the same challenges we are. Health issues, relational issues, addiction issues, children issues, but they just don't have God. We have God. You have to believe all things are working together good for your good. Romans 8. The Word of God, the promise of God is all things are working together for your good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the tough. When you don't understand, Isaiah 55 says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are so much higher than your ways. You will never understand, you'll never comprehend, but just know that my ways are good and my thoughts towards you are for blessing and for, for you know, God loves you. He loves you. He has a future for you. He has plans for your life and it's good, Amen. So that's the directions of faith. We need to have faith in God. We need to have faith in others. We need to have faith in self. And we have to just know that life is good. Ultimately, the life that God's called you to is good and he's working it together for your good. So let's just have a look really quickly at the steps of faith. Amen? Because life is a journey and we have to step, step it out. We have to walk it out in faith. The first is, the first step of faith is to desire. We've got to be men and women that desire things. The right things, but that we're full of, we're not neutral, we're not beige, we're not, uh. what do you want, I don't know, what do you like, I don't know. We have to desire things in life. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What do you want? I want to ace my exams. I want to buy a house. I want to get a wife. I want to break through in this area. I want to move forward. What do you want? It's not a trick question. God's not trying to trick you. What do you want? I, I, didn't, I didn't want you to want that. No, no, no. What do you want? God wants you, he wants your personality to be alive. He wants you to express yourself. I would love a, a around the world holiday. Great. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When he is number one in your world, he's not really concerned with number two because you'll have in line and you'll have in order your priorities. Delight yourself. What does it mean to delight yourself? It means to give yourself to, to be passionate about, to be, to be won over by, to delight in. This is God. His will isn't heavy. It's not hard. It's God, I want to do your will. I want to, to do whatever you've called me to do. And then God, this is who I am. I desire this. I desire that. I, it's okay. God wants you. That's the first step of faith, desire. What do you want? To know who you are and what you want. And then let God work the miracle and bring it into your world. You know, I, I love the story of Bartimaeus. And I think it's quite interesting because Jesus is going along. He stood up and he's crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's saying, be quiet, Bartimaeus, be quiet. He says, he, it says he jumped up, threw off his beggar's cloak and cried out all the louder. And he got Jesus' attention. Jesus said, what do you want? And he goes, oh, I want to see. He could have asked for anything in the moment. Can I, can I suggest to you, you're in a situation, you're in a circumstance, God's saying to you, what do you want? You can ask anything. The Bible says, ask anything in my name and it, sh it shall be done for you. It says, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believing that you receive them, you will have them. What do you want? What's your desire? He could have asked for anything. He got his sight returned to him. Actually, he got sight that he'd never had. Because Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, means translated 
Bartimaeus, blind man, son of a blind man. So he'd never even had vision spoken into his world or described into his world. He just walked blind his whole life. Sometimes we walk blind in our faith, not knowing what I can ask for. What do you desire? It's okay. God gave you those desires. You can walk them out. You can activate them. Let your faith grow so you can dream bigger in God. Can I encourage you? Dream big. Don't live a small, constrained life. Live the big life that God's called you to. Find your personality. Find your fun. Find your joy. And let it, let it just be outworked in your life. Get the motorbike. Terry's, when did you buy your motorbike? 73. Bought it a couple of years ago. He's traded it once or twice and got a bigger, better motorbike each time. He, <laughs> and he just he goes out riding with the boys because he loves it. It's a desire of his heart and he wants to do it. Do it. Live your life. Enjoy your life. Reflect Jesus through the joy that you experience because of your desires. The second thing is this, decide. The second step of faith is to make a decision. What is it that's going to happen in my world? What is it that I'm going to do? What is it that I want to be? You've got to make a decision. God, what is your will for my life? No, no, what do you want to do? Yeah, but I want to do what you want me to do. No, but what do you want to do? Well, well, my will is to do your will, and whatever your will is, it'll be perfect in my life. People live frustrated because they don't make a decision about what they want to do, about that property portfolio that they want to do, about that business they want to start, about that whatever it is. Make a decision. It says, and then step out in that decision. Men and women of faith are decisive, and they step out in their decisions. It says in James 1, starting in verse 6, it says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man not suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded and unstable in all his ways. The, the previous verse to that is, if you lack wisdom, ask God, who will give liberally and without reproach to whoever asks. But the, the, the preference in, in this is that, ask whatever you like, and I'll do it for you, just know what you want. Know what you want, what is it that you want? Make a decision and step that out. Is this helping anybody? The third thing is ask, and, and it was, we, we were talking about this in our prayer meeting this morning. James 4 and 2 says, you have not because you ask not. When was the last time you opened your mouth and said, God, this is what I'm believing for, this is what I want, and you, you spoke and created the future that you'll inhabit? When was the last time? A step of faith is to actually open your mouth. Most people have thoughts and even desires and dreams in their mind, but they never verbalize it. They never speak it out. But in Genesis, we see the, the Spirit of the Lord hovering over the deep. It says, and God said, let there be light. You know, Pastor Phil always talks about the fact that the, the first purpose of speech is creation, not communication. You frame your, words, your world by the words that you speak. What are you speaking over your world? What are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your finances? What are you speaking over your future? Because it will look exactly like what you're, you're describing. May not, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the next day, maybe not the next day, but you will, you will eventually walk into the very thing that you defined and described. But it says you have not because you ask not. And there's a great story in, in Luke 18, it's of a widow woman. Her husband dies and her brother-in-law comes in and claims the land. It's, it's unjust, it's wrong, she, it shouldn't have happened. And so she goes to the, the judge and says, judge, my brother-in-law has wrongly taken my land from me. I want you to give it back to me. He says, no go away. The next day she comes back in. Judge, my brother-in-law has wrongly taken my land for bad luck. It says because she consistently 
came back again and again and again. The, the title of the scripture is actually The Persistent Widow. Because she kept coming back, sometimes we cry out to God, God, I need this to happen in my world. Why hasn't it happened? Cry out again. Cry out again. Cry out again. She wore the judge down to the point where he awarded her the very thing that she was calling for. God wants us to cry out. He wants us to declare. He wants us to be men and women of faith that speak a thing and believe it. This is what's going to happen. My finances are going to turn around. My kids are going to come back into relationship with Christ. I am going to enter into a, a loving, wholesome relation. We need to declare and then walk into the things that we're believing for. Amen? You know, Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened under you. Because he who asks, receives. Not he who wants, he who asks. Not he who desires, he who opens his mouth. And ask, and it will be given to you. In Jesus' name. You know, the fourth thing is to receive. You've got to get it before you get it, otherwise you'll never get it. Faith sees things that aren't current realities. You have to get a thing by faith. You have to receive it from God before you, you see it in your reality. You know, story most of you, especially the Bible college students, will have heard before is, you know, Pastor Phil talks about the fact that when his daughter was pregnant, they went and had an ultrasound. When Melissa was pregnant, we went and had ultrasounds, the 20-week ultrasound to, to see the sex of your baby, see how the health of the baby is. And they get the ultrasound, they rub it, they put all the jelly on the belly, and then they put the ultrasound over the belly, they run it backwards and forwards, and then you're looking up on this screen, and you see the baby just being formed in the womb. And you don't have the baby, but the baby is there. And you know you're having a baby, so you're preparing for a baby, but you don't yet have the baby. But it's there, you do have it. So you're putting the ultrasound back and forward, and you see it, and the baby turns, and the baby moves its hands and its legs, and it's alive, and it's in there. If, if we came to you today because we had one of these spiritual ultrasounds and put it across your bed, what, what is alive on the inside of you? What have you believed God for? What have you gone to God for? What have you looked to Him for that, that's alive on the inside? You don't yet cur currently have it, but it's coming because He's already given it. You've got you to get it. You've got to receive it before you get it. What is on the inside of you? What, what, what have you got? What have you got a hold of? What do you, because this is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet seen. But you can see them. You know it's there. You, you've looked through that ultrasound. You've looked up to that screen, and God has shown you on the screen of your mind. He's shown you what he has for you, that business, that house, that, he, you know what he's got. What have you got on the inside of you? I encourage you today to go and lay on your bed or spend some time with God. Just get some time alone and, and just look. What, what, is, what is on the inside of me? What have, what have I got in my spirit that I'm yet to have in the physical realm? Amen? Fifth thing is speak it. Romans 4, 17. We're going to finish in two minutes. The band, if you want to come, Lozzie. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, talking to Abraham. In the presence of him who he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist yet. Another translation is, speak into being that which is not as though it is. Speak into being that which isn't currently into reality. Who contrary to hope in hope believes so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. I love the fact that God said to Abraham, who in, at 85 years of age, you'll be the father of many nations, and he had no kids. And he said, 
God, according to your word. He spoke out in faith. He, there may be things in your world that look like impossibilities right now. Speak against the impossibilities. The Bible says, with faith in God, nothing will be impossible. It says, nothing's impossible to those who believe. Can I encourage you this week to become a sanctified liar? The Bible says, those, let those that are weak say they're strong. This week, I want you to go and speak against your current circumstance. I want you to speak against hurt. I want you to speak against failure. I want you to speak against anxiety. And I want you to speak into being that which is not as though it is. And see what will happen. See if your circumstances don't change. See if your spirit isn't buoyed and lifted. Because when we start activating, working, manipulating our faith, it grows. And it gets bigger. And when we start walking in that, and we start walking it out, something happens. That, that takes me from the, this physical realm into the fourth dimension, into the supernatural realm where I'm no longer in control, but God is doing through my doing. He's acting through my acting. As I step out, he, he, he backs my actions and something happens. The fourth thing is see it. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. You've got to dream. If, if things and circumstances of life have squashed creativity and, and, and knocked you around a little bit, I want to encourage you. This is a safe place. Find your prayer closet, your war room. There's a great movie coming out called The War Room. Find that place where it can be you and God and he can reveal images to you again and visions and dreams for your future and hold on to those things. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can see the future that God has for you, that he's, you can have it. Just keep walking it out and, and you might be buffeted from the left and from the right. You might have attacks that come from, from left field. But if you keep walking forward, looking towards that vision that God places, you will get there. You will reach the target. You will get to the end. We just have to believe. I love what it says in uh, uh, Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine, to him be the glory. Get a vision and give him the glory. A vision in your mind is a creative force that can't be stopped. If you can see it, you can walk towards it and God will make it happen in your world. Amen? Last thing is this. Why don't we stand to our feet? The, the seventh step of faith is act it. You've got you to you act your faith. You've got to walk it out. The Bible says faith without actions, faith without works is dead. What are you believing for? Act it. I've got it. It's mine already. I have the breakthrough. I live in peace. I'm touched of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. What is it that you have? You've got to get it now. Let's, let's get it now. Let's act it out. In Luke 5, it talks about Peter who's fished all night long. He's tired. They're in there cleaning their nets. He knows what he's doing. He's a professional fisherman. But Jesus comes up to him and says, Peter, how'd you go? He says, yeah, not really good. Didn't catch anything. Nothing? Nothing at all. He caught nothing. And Jesus says, go back out again and cast your net on the right side. At that point, Peter could have gone, well, not really. You know what? The nets, they're already folded. They're nearly clean. We've been out there all night. Jesus, did I tell you we caught nothing? We've been out there all night. He says, go and do it again. And it, he acted. He did. So faith isn't static. It's active. Faith steps out. Faith launches out. Faith does something. Can I encourage you today? Step out again. Launch out again. Press out again. Go again. Don't let the devil knock you down, hold you back, limit you in life. Go to faith. Can we just close our eyes this morning? Father, we love you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you that you're here with us now.
Terry, would you just pray with us and pray over us this morning? Is that okay? I'm going to ask Terry just to lead us all in a prayer this morning as we bring the service to a close. Yes. Let me just encourage you one last time. Yes. Let this week be a week of faith. We're no demon in hell. No That's right. active any person on it stops you, limits you, you moving right forward in life. You're called yes. to have momentum and forward yeah. movement in life. Mm. Will you pray with us this morning? Sure. Thank you, Father. Glory to God, Lord. Father, we praise you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence right here now, Lord God. And Father, I thank you. It's the same presence that I had in front of that television in 1979, Lord. Father, I thank you. And Father, I thank you that the beauty of this church is here, Lord, that people here can just come and actually talk to people, born again, spirit-filled, that can answer prayers. And God, it's a wonderful setup here, Lord. I ask you to bless each and every one here, Lord. And Father, for those that haven't given their lives to the Lord, can I say that is the thing to do. So I'd like to just pray a prayer right now that if you just say this after me, it's the, it's the only way to live. It's as simple as that, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you that what Jesus did on the cross was successful. Father, you took all our sins, sicknesses, the works, Lord. We give our life to you now. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We're part of an awesome family. Thank you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.